spoiler, but we are just getting started talking about it here on Post Show Recaps. That's right, it's Full Spoiler Recaps, where we're binging a new season of a show every week and chatting about it in full spoilery detail in just one podcast. I'm Jess Sterling. Today we are discussing Julia Season 2, and of course I am joined here by my co-chef, Grace Leader. Grace, how are you? I'm good. I was going to try a Julia impression, but I think it would just come out of Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Hello! Hello! <laughs> Which I must, she must be, right? Like, is Mrs. Doubtfire based on Julia Childs to some, like, not the... I mean, like, I don't think so, because Mrs. Doubtfire, I'm pretty sure, is like, Scottish. Scottish, yeah. So, yeah, uh, right. but I can hear it. I, I certainly, I can in the curly hair. Yeah. You know, there there aren't yeah. no similarities between the two characters. Yeah. Anyway, we're like, talking, we're talking Julia. People... People really Julia love this. Child. Julia Child. People love this show, Jess. People are a big fan. This is one of the uh, the shows that got nominated via submission from our yeah. listeners. So thank yeah. you all for for submitting this show. Um, yeah, I binged the past two seasons. I'd say in about as many weeks, maybe two weeks. I, uh-huh. I watched all of it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I I will say there. I feel like Julia Child has had had a moment for a while right like there was julie and julia i remember Uh that isn't that i think it's based on a book right yeah it is yeah yeah so there was that book and movie that came out yeah like you said meryl streep stanley tucci like a lot of christmas cena a lot of famous faces in that uh that adaptation of julia's life and now we have the show julia Mm-hmm. Um, so it, if you haven't seen it, it is a Max original. That's right. I said oh, it. Oh, you I said it. Max. Whoa. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's had two seasons now. I don't, based on my knowledge, I don't believe it has. No, has I don't think it's been renewed. I don't renewed? think so. I don't think so. Um, based uh you know based off of julie child's life and kind of how she got the show uh the french chef on air that's kind of what happens in the first season um but but yeah before we dive too far into the amazing dish that is julia uh go to posherrecaps.com slash full spoiler recaps to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a single episode and go to posherrecaps.com slash subscribe uh, to see everything we're covering because we have a lot of coverage here at Posher Recaps. Um, Grace, any uh, broad thoughts on uh, on Julia? Yeah, so we were messaging as we do as we're watching mm-hmm. these shows, and I I will say this up front: this show is incredibly well made. It's 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 really well acted. I think Sarah Lancashire is is really good. Um, David Hyde Pierce also I think is really good. Um, the I'll, I'll pull up the list here, but the the uh person who plays Alice Naiman um I think is very good as well. I just want to get her name. Oh, which... Brittany Bradford is uh yeah. is Alice. Yep. Brittany Bradford. I I really like the cast. I think it's again it's, uh, and this is a show that certainly feels like comfort television of like sit down. The conflict is pretty minimal even we'll get to the season, the final episode like you, you could you could sway that to be incredibly dramatic and it's played for a romp um, a little bit. Yeah. I think for me, like this was like eating too much dessert, um, you know, uh, you know, eating way too much dessert, even like before dinner, because yeah, I, I think probably I watched this in about the span. I, I think I watched about two episodes of Julia a day on average. So sometimes I was watching three or four and while I do like it, I think this was the wrong way to watch the show because I sort of felt the monotony of the show to a degree of like, 
there's stuff happening, but not really stuff happening, you know, is, is sort of how I feel. So I will preface this by saying, like, please don't take anything I'm about to say in this podcast as I didn't like the show. I did like it. I just it was not the most exhilarating binge I've ever had uh, through the course of I think this is our 14th episode, Jess. Yeah. OK, so I kind of agree with you in that. Because we've watched a ton of thrillers and mysteries and very intense shows, this is certainly a different short sort of show. Yeah. And it's a vibes show. It's to my not like to, to, to my like vibe, my feeling about it is that this is a show that is totally cool. And, and the, the acting is great. The the setting, right? Like yeah. everything, it's a really well-made show, like you said. But um in my opinion, this is a show that you kind of put on the television, you do some cross-stitching, you play a little bit of like a mobile game on your phone, you like, you kind of just enjoy it, you live in it, versus you're sitting on the edge of your seat, like waiting for the next episode. So I, I totally agree with you. I think I had a little bit of a better, uh, because I watched it over a longer period of time, I feel like I was able to enjoy it in that way more. And I kind of think my argument overall is it didn't necessarily need a second season. Like, and while I enjoyed the second season, I have nothing against it. It felt like the premise of the show was getting the French chef made. And so then to me, after season one, where she succeeded, she did it. You know, she gets a season two, she gets renewed. Um, it kind of lost a lot of the momentum going into season two for that reason so while i absolutely adore uh sarah lancashire link lancashire i'm so sorry lancashire i know i know plays the europeans i'm so sorry um i enjoy i mean bb newworth like come on literally have her do anything on my screen and i'm all for it uh like the casting yeah. is incredible the acting is incredible some of the uh things they take liberties with on the show that certainly weren't real life i really enjoyed alice as a character she did not exist in real life she was simply yeah. made for the show yeah. really enjoyed alice as a character but yeah there are certain times when i was watching that i was like it feels a little long and i think that's because i'm waiting for something to happen and that's just simply not this show you know it's more of a we're watching Julia Child. Like, you know, she's going to make a chicken. Like, it's like, mm -hmm. that's the Cook show. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Uh, and like, I think most of the joy I got from watching the show, Grace, is watching Julia. It's just, it, it just I think that uh, the actor does such a great job at portraying what everyone has said about Julia Child in real life, which is she's a magnetic personality. She lights up the room. She lights up everyone around her. She is the sun and things orbit around her. And I felt like I could feel that energy in Sarah Lancashire's performance. Yeah. I do think the, the plot of season one, which is getting the show made, you know, her going on um, the, um, the book show, the book talk show, and then and then it getting made and figuring out like I I all of that stuff I actually found was was really interesting. The idea of like creating a television show and how they would you know it, it really you know it it really was revolutionary at the time. Not only was it uh, a woman led show, but this cooking show that we now there's so many of them on television now. But the idea that okay, how do you actually make you know a full dinner? 
over the course of half an hour, okay, you like have the food made at different stages. You can show it, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Like it's, it was so good. The, the sort of three act format of like prep, cook, eat, um, all of that stuff was, was really fun. I would agree. I think season two, there's a big chunk of it at the beginning that basically separates it. And I think one of the things of season two was, and I think to your point about Julia being the star of this show, it was tough about season two is so much of the other stuff feels really siloed from Julia and the show. Um, you have this central controversy of like, is she going to leave WGBH? We know that she, you know, if you look on Wikipedia, she's not going to, um, mm -hmm. she has that show for about 12 years, I think on, on about around that. So, yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. I, I don't necessarily know that we need a season two, but I also feel like I'm, I'm super biased in that. Like, yeah, I just think like, I didn't watch it in the way that I think a lot of people watch the show, which is completely as comfort. I, I you know, I, it was literally like, okay, I got to watch two episodes of Julia today, which I feel so bad. Cause again, I can understand that the show is well-made and people really like it. So I'm trying to, to figure out like, you know, I want to examine as we, you know, once we chat through the sort of recap of the season, um, what did resonate with people and then maybe what didn't resonate with mm -hmm. us in particular. Yeah. On that note, do you want to give us our little quick plot yeah. recap? Yeah, so as you said, season one follows Julia Child starting a breakout television show, The French Chef, on the small broadcast network WGBH and the highs and lows of the show's newfound success. Season two begins with Julia and Paul, her husband, in Paris as she spends time with her sister, spends time re-engaging in French cuisine, and spending romantic time together in the city of love. Upon her return, the show deals with overwhelming success. The other shows are now becoming smaller as Julia's show has set the standard for success on the network. Julia films the first ever White House State Dinner, but only gets to catch a glimpse of uh, inside the kitchen as she's not invited to enjoy the meal itself. Other characters are on their own journeys too. Russ Marash, the uh, producer of the show, is beginning a career as a documentarian, having left the French chef. Alice tries to balance work with a new relationship with a man named Isaac. And Judith deals with her boss, Blanche, um, being a bit overbearing. The season sort of culminates as, as Julia um, uh, dealing with two different dilemmas. One, the idea that CBS is trying to lure her away in the promise of having a bigger nationwide show as well as a man um, trying to get her to spy on the other people who work at WGBH, considering she was a spy during World War II. Ultimately, uh, the team rallies together to hide any potentially incriminating evidence on the set while Julia films, and then Paul and Julia ultimately decide they will stay at WGBH, having realized that that is where their family and friends are. Paul and Julia embrace as the season comes to an end. And that's basically what happened on Julia season two. Yeah, and I think, like you said, the the way that season two begins we're in france and a lot of the characters are separated from one another and i felt like season two had a big shift in that we're now now that we know all of the wgbh employees and everybody we're gonna spend a decent amount of time on their own individual storylines and i guess for me it didn't always work and it's because I always found myself wanting to go back to what Julie was up to and I did not time excuse me I did not find her time in France to be uh that entertaining for for me personally Simka I think is a very interesting character obviously based in in real life like a lot of these characters are pulled from real life obviously their interactions with julia uh, probably you know just written for the show they don't know exactly what was said between them mm -hmm. but i just found her time in france to not be super enjoyable and there are only certain characters i found myself caring about 
back at WGBH. So characters like Alice, I'm very invested in. I, I, I want her to be successful. Characters, you know, her editor, Judith, her and, and Blanche were so interesting for me as a pair. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, Judith Light. Judith, Judith Light. Yeah, but how do you have Judith Light on the incredible. show and not have her be anywhere with Julia? Yeah, like, I think that yeah. was what was missing, right? Like, I think there were just little pieces that were missing. But Judith and uh, Judith and Judith, uh, Judith and Blanche, I found so interesting as a duo. And uh, I just there were just certain moments where I felt like I wish the whole gang was back together again. And like where there were other characters like Russ who no offense to Russ, but like, I didn't care. I don't care about your documentary times. Like you didn't even want Julie to succeed in the first place. You're getting like all this undeserved uh, accolades, accolades uh, for be putting the show on the air that you don't deserve. Um, and I, so I don't know. I don't know. And I, I guess beyond that, and I, I feel like people are going to absolutely hate me for saying this, but like, I did not like Paul, uh, her husband, Paul, Paul Ski. Oh, interesting. Um, uh, David Hyde Pierce. I, I apologize. I know people are very fond of him from like his days on Frasier. I did not do Frasier. So I, I don't have that like nostalgia based love for him going into the show. Uh -huh. I found Paul to be very annoying in season one. Can I tell you the main reason that I found him a little more bearable in season two is because uh -huh. when his twin brother Charles comes in, I'm like, oh, yeah, I yeah, hate yeah. you so much more. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, it just certain characters didn't pop for me. Yeah. Um, even Julia herself, I think Grace goes through some, some stuff in this season and the first season that, like, it's true right like there are things that make her not as lovely as a person as we all want to believe she is she wasn't exactly always a feminist icon you know like she she has a little bit of like a built-in homophobia and so there's like a little some, bit a, a little a lot a lot of it um and so yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's it's not great some of the stuff and obviously i'm happy that the show is not just like you know painting over everything she's ever done that was like not great but it's also tough because it makes you not like your main character as much well i'll start with the homophobia because i actually think the season one episode and we're, we're talking about season two but it's hard when you know we also watch, we watch season both. one yeah. and you know it's the second season of the show the season one episode where she's with james beard and they go to the, the gay bar and yeah. there's the drag queen. I really, f who who supposedly gives her her makeup tips. Yeah, the Coco Vaughn, right? That was the genius, by the way. Genius drag queen name and everything. Yes. It's pretty egregious to paint, I think, somebody who had, and, and who had, who had this much. And, and so the thing, one of the things I loved about the show actually is that Julia, who does have this image of like, you know, oh, hello, you know, you know, this hello! Is <laughs> but, but that would also be like, you know, swearing and it, and it's like, a it's very fun. It's like she, and, and this is true. She was like supposedly like very crass in, in um like sort of her, her private life. Like when she would be chatting with friends, this is, this is a true. But one of the things that also is true and it was her crassness was how much she would use homophobic slurs. Yep. Yep, um, yep. This is very pretty well documented. And seemingly later in life, after 
um, a little bit of like, you know, some things in terms of the AIDS crisis. She did seemingly like soften her stance on like being homophobic. And, and you know, she has these lines of being like, oh, it's a shame that San Francisco is is run amok and like been taken over by all these like, you know, queer people because they're like, yeah, they're talented, but like they're so annoying basically. Um, is like kind of like that was kind of her thing. So the idea that she would like, she didn't like, I don't know. Like, I guess she, she did. Hate I, her I, I, I truly felt like they shouldn't have had her go up on stage and sing with the drag queen because that did not feel like what I had read about Julia from that time. Because to your point, once the AIDS crisis hits and everything, she softens on her stance. But that has not happened yet. And to me, yeah. it felt like we're really we're really painting her in a much more positive light than she probably deserved at this point. Yeah, it's a hundred percent that, and it's kind of the issue with like that they're they're kind of stuck in this time period. Like they're going very slowly through history. Yeah. So they they want you know they want to they want a portrayal of Julia that some way that she is to some degree like you know what you know there are these like cis women um, white women like being a friend of Dorothy um, referring yep. to um, uh, wow this is embarrassing uh, who played Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz I'm just looking it up now Judy we Garland. all know that it's Judy Garland being I a friend knew of something I knew a yeah. name Grace yeah being a friend of Dorothy is because like Judy Garland had this like you know sort of queer icon status yeah. to a degree yeah. so like it is true and so the idea that like people you know did kind of you know, think of Julian's in some of that way, you know, when you're queer and there's no queerness on TV, you look for where can you find it? And sometimes that's like in effeminate women. And yeah. so, um, I, you know, so there's that, but I, I do, I do dislike that. She's like, Oh, and I learned my makeup tips from that. Like, you know, you know, you know, brush up or whatever. Contour I'm like, or whatever. I, I think yeah. it's so, yeah, I think it's pretty, pretty egregious. I do think like, I think it's in that almost that same episode where you also though, or, it's also a James Beard thing where there's this one woman who's like, no, you're actually keeping women in the kitchen. Like you are, you are reinforcing the stereotypes of being a woman. And actually yes. you're putting the expectation that all of our, all of wives should know how to cook and cook for their husbands. And that you're actually reinforcing like the patriarchy. Yeah, Betty Fr Frieden, Frieden, Frieden. Uh, I want to get the name right because she is like a actual, like historical figure criticizing Julia. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, to put it to put it to a, a more season two example, um, Rachel Bloom joins the cast as Elaine Levitch, who's like a producer that originally was like from CBS, now is working for the French Chef for season two, replacing yeah. Russ. And I was so I was so irritated with Julia that she would not give this woman a try, would yeah. not give her a single chance because yeah. she was a woman. And it was very clear to me that that's exactly what was happening based on what I had read about Julia Child outside of, you know, obviously what's portrayed on the show is that she preferred to work with men. She did not, she, she very much subscribed to that traditional mentality a lot of the time of a man's role is like, like a patriarchal role and we should listen to men and oh, I'd hate to be in a room full of women. It really needs some masculine energy. And it's really upsetting when you have a new character like Elaine come in, obviously very talented, obviously working as hard as possible to make the French chef successful. And Julia is like, mm, no, I'm going to give Russ all the credit who was against you from the beginning, Julia. And I, I'm not saying we should hold it against Russ forever, but Julia being like completely unwilling to take credit for the French chef was so infuriating to me 
as a woman, as somebody who like thinks that you should take ownership of, of things that you create to feel that a, a woman would not take ownership of it. And in fact, give it, give the power to the man instead was so upsetting, especially when it's like, okay, well, you, it's also on the backs of people like Alice who you love and appreciate. It's, it was so frustrating to me. Uh, and then Elaine, like unceremoniously is just gone like halfway through the season. So another thing that I was just like, and I know it's, I'm getting frustrated with the real life Julia and that's what they pulled from for the show, but it, it can't help it. Like, those are just my feelings on like, it's so hard to watch when the character that you like the most does things that you don't like. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I think that's for me, that's like the strength of the show for me is that I, I do feel like, you know, this woman who they create the show in the, in the 1960s. And so the contradictions of womanhood and femininity and how far you can push things forward. Like, I kind of do like the the scene where Julia doesn't she she it's it's not as if she's not taking like, you know, she she's not not taking credit for the show, but she's also just giving it rightly like unfairly for sure to Russ, but also to, to Alice. Um, and I think she had like, Alice is like, why did you do that? And she kind of explained, you know, she does give this answer that like, you know, I think is contradictory and not true now, but was true. It's true that, you know, yeah. of, of the time of like what people thought at the time and how you, you, you need it you sort of, there was like sort of a balance you needed to to have sometimes in terms of um, how to make sure you could continue to make the thing you wanted to make. I, I find like the show kind of wanted because it wants to be comfort TV. And I do think it like succeeds in that. I, but I do think that's at the expense of a lot of stuff. Like in the last episode, it's the last. Yeah. When they're having a party because they've celebrated like pulling a ruse off the FBI. <laughs> <clears throat> Which is like, so ridiculous that that was a storyline in season two, but <laughs> yeah. Um, hun I mean, this is in the middle. I mean, we just watched Fellow Travelers. Like, this is in the middle of like the Red Scare. Of, like, yeah, wild, right? We're covering yeah. the Red Scare on and and shows. and television, where it's like, you know, what are you broadcasting? What what messages are you trying to send out? Like, it it makes sense that like not just the government would be that like this is where the FBI might be looking as well. So I I found mm -hmm. it like interesting, even if I don't think it like fully worked. But Hunter previously cancels alice's show by women for women oh i'm so mad grace i was so mad <laughs> well but like so i just want to buy women for i never looked at this so it's a real show right it's women women to women is the is the show uh i believe uh maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong here that comes like much later um yeah i don't know so by women for women like doesn't exist and so therefore so how or uh he has this conversation with alice where he's like mm -hmm. i think it's i think it's amazing but my wife will never watch it and maybe it's too progressive and like so i think we need to like put a pause on the show and so i think that that's interesting and like i think it's okay to say like yeah at the time that's what would have happened like the show 
doesn't isn't a thing. This isn't a show that was on TV. So it's okay, I think okay to be like, okay, we can have this idea of like Alice Naiman, who also doesn't exist, like creating the show and then it being like sort of like canceled. But then the end of the episode, he's like, and let's make by women for women. And I'm like, well, you want like I guess for the happy ending of this, like he starts like he gives yeah. the book show another season, and I'm like, uh, okay, fine, like whatever. But I I feel like at the expense of it being wanting the happy ending i feel like it was afraid to sometimes like it it wants to have the conversation and also negate the conversation in the in the in the essence of yeah. comfort television yeah it, it almost felt like it would take a few steps forward and then immediately step backwards because it was like no we've gone too far outside of our like chicken soup show we need it to be chicken soup and we cannot make it unhappy therefore you know uh i agree i guess i i feel like a hypocrite i feel like i'm like I want them to go in on Julia because she was actually homophobic, but also th uh, the show is not as comforting when they're like trashing feminist television shows. So I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm yeah. just, I'm hard to please, I guess. Uh, but it, yeah, there were just certain things that felt like it, di it didn't, it didn't make sense all the way because they were doing it because they needed the shows to still be comfortable because they still wanted us to like julia and not dislike her because of some of the beliefs that she held in that time period um yeah i i i, I don't know it, it's, it was a tricky show it's a tricky show to critique because it feels like it should just be a show watched for comfort um mm -hmm. and so that that makes things difficult but what i, I will say like to to give the show some credit of where i think it deserves it is like characters like avis i, I love really avis loved the like, line of like you you must come to paris and then she's like i came he's like no that was metaphorical that was like you must try you know you must it's like <laughs> i just yeah. avis is incredible i think she was so 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 fun to have on the show the way she's always like crouching behind the the island is so funny I, yes like, okay action and she like pops down i love it yeah, um, her interactions, uh, her her interactions with Paul always had me rolling. Uh, Judith and Paul together as a duo cracked me up a lot. There were certain pairings that I really, really enjoyed on the show. Um, it's, it's extremely well acted, and I actually think the characters, for many of them being like you know, like you know, uh, Alice being fictional, yes. I do think um, the characters are are pretty well designed there's like enough of an ensemble here it's a very women-centric show this is like mostly yeah. about like women in america in the 60s so there's a lot in that vein they're like i really love judith uh, judith i really love avis i love alice yeah yeah all the characters are absolutely adorable and, and lovely uh and to give paul some credit i will say I, I turned around on him a bit in season two when he became a bit more supportive of of julia and her endeavors and kind of saying that like she's the light and so she shines on all of us when she you know when she's successful we all get a little bit of that light uh and i came around on him i just i found i think what happened grace was what i read about their relationship julia and paul's affected my viewing of the show because she they were so inextricably linked and i have to admit my own like personal bias sometimes that comes into play when I, I can't I, I'm really not a huge fan of like when people are so all consumed by their relationship that they lose their like individuality at, at, at the same time. And I feel like sometimes that would happen with Julia and Paul where she would be like, oh, but Paul needs to direct this show for like pretty much no reason beyond it's her husband. You know, like it felt like a lot of times she needed Paul there more than I thought she needed Paul there. 
Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and plus they had the teeniest, tiniest bed known to man. How do you sleep like that? Yeah. Um, I'd be interested now to revisit Julie and Julia because Stanley Tucci plays Paul. Um, Mm -hmm. and I don't recall that, like that performance at, at all. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't mind Paul. I kind of, I kind of, you know, like the, that like, yeah, like, okay, Paul has to direct an episode, like whatever. I, I really like, I think it's season one. Um, So funny in retrospect about like the baking the bread. It's like, we'll use an asbestos brick. Um, which so is true. terrible. It's true. It actually happened. Do not use. Um, do not use the Julia Child cookbook bread recipe Um, that tells yeah. you to use an asbestos brick. I believe they changed it to something else, but uh, once they found out and she like apologized for it and redacted the book. But yeah, I, I, I kind of love how everybody kind of dislikes Paul until they don't. And I, I feel like that was actually done pretty effectively. And then yeah, yeah. also to have his brother there I, the scene where like, they're chatting with the journalists, like Paul and Julie are getting like um photograph for a magazine. Yeah. And then, and then you think Paul's sitting down, he's like, I just couldn't do it without my brother. You know, it's yeah, really my Charles, brother who did yeah. everything. Um, So I, I don't know. I, I think I liked him more than, more than you. He's not my favorite part of the show, certainly, but I think, you know, his place in the show. He just is so uppity at times. And like, I struggle with someone who I feel like is looking down their nose at people and it, he just feels so just like pish posh at times that it got under my skin as someone who is like very much a trash basket. 95% of the time, the uppityness from him got under my skin. I think is, <laughs> I think is what it is. Yeah. Um, but I can't yeah. deny he makes a mean looking omelet. I won't, I won't deny that. Um, and another they thing. Omelets, I believe, omelets are, they're omelets. A little, a little plain. Well, like well, it's a very plain just, French omelet. Yeah. Egg op- yeah. It looked good, though. You, you get more than eggs. That's just scrambled eggs, basically, and cheese and butter. I mean, what's to not love? I a mean, bit of, what was it? What they sprinkle on more, the top? Chives or something? Yeah. I, there is a moment where I think she makes him an omelet season one, and she, she kind of like tosses it and she chucks tosses all the, all the chives on the, the table. table. That's when she gets uh, that was when uh, she had the interaction with uh, the writer, the feminist author, right. Betty Friedan. Um, right. Yeah, but I do. Again, another thing I really liked about the show, I thought the musical cues were like mm-hmm. pretty great. Very much like very pleasant, but also felt cooking show ish, if that makes it not in the sense of like, oh, no, yeah, yeah, you yeah, have yeah, 10 yeah. minutes. Rah! More like great yeah, British chef. baking show. Yeah. <laughs> Also, by the way, not to derail everything, but we're talking about chefs. Um, if you haven't, if you haven't checked out Jeremy Allen White's Calvin Klein campaign, oh yeah, yeah, I it's just must say, yeah, yeah, yes, very, yeah, chef. Very, yeah, it's very good, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, should we get into some superlatives? For Let's show, Grace? do it. The um, best so- death, J- Julia's dad. <laughs> Sorry, that's season one. Sorry. James yeah, Cromwell. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I mean, he was played to great effect, right? Uh, yeah. Best scene. I Okay. You know me. I'm all about the comedy grace. And I More. fully not only laughed out loud, but rewound the show to rewatch this scene a second time. Um, the moment. And even though I hate this for the character, um, I was I, I was dying. Uh, when Avis comes home early uh because she's not allowed in the white house because of security reasons because she's against the war which was also very funny and she's like fine by all means i'm happy to leave uh when she comes home early and finds her boyfriend stanley 
basically with a younger a student of his having sex and uh and she the girl is introducing herself and she says cum laude and she's like sweetheart how loudy is irrelevant <laughs> like yeah it's very I, good I died. I absolutely died. I I couldn't. I it was so funny to me. BB Newworth is incredible. So for me, like that's the best scene, just because that line made me die so much, and the way she says it is so funny. Um, so that's the best scene, but only mostly because I laughed so hard at it. Yeah. Uh, very good. I, you know, I the White House stuff. I did. I did. I did like a fair bit. I think it's probably my favorite episode of, of the season. It's like awful. Like the way that they're like, no, you're not going to have the dinner. Uh, no way. Terrible. Um, but, um, uh, Zephyr Wright is, uh, a real person was, was the personal chef for, uh, Lyndon B. Johnson and, um, and the first lady. And so when she comes and gives, um, Alice and Julia, like the dinner that, that the president, um, is actually yeah, she's going like, to he have. actually likes this. And it was like shrimp and grits or something. Yeah. All like so, sort of like Southern food that she's very capable of Spicy. making. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I thought that that was very, I thought that that was very good. I, I Ava showing up in Paris being like, you told me I must come. And it's like, like that was very <laughs> funny. And then Julia basically doing like basically the Mrs. Doubtfire scene of like being on two dates at once. Um, uh, is when she's like trying to like go out on the balcony to like tell Avis and then go back inside uh, yeah. to like convince Paul. Paul so. yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of uh, like secondarily, if I were picking a more serious scene, I really loved the moment between Alice and Zephyr right on the bus stop bench um, where they oh, yeah. have that entire conversation about like, oh, why don't you take credit? And she's like, listen, I have the ear of the president. Like <laughs> I'm doing my part. You're a younger generation. You're doing your part. Like I'm proud of you. I really, as someone who like absolutely adored Alice, um, I really loved that scene. I thought it was really impactful, specifically for a character that we had literally just met in in Zephyr, right? So, uh, yeah, yeah absolutely loved that. Um, best character, who's your favorite character, Grace? Um, God, I think, um, I, I, you know, I, it, it's probably Julia. I feel like there's a lot of other people who you could be. I, I think that a lot of one thing I maybe don't love about everybody else's story is like basically everybody else's relationship is about or, or storyline is about a relationship. So pretty much Avis, uh, I guess. Yeah. Judith is also dating someone. Right. And and Alice all are like in romantic relationships. Is yeah. That right? Like in some in some form or another. Yeah. Um, which, I, you know, is fine. But you don't need so it's It's probably Julia. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the women in the show are pretty amazing. Yeah, I I think I'm going to go with Alice just because I feel like, you know, when you have a character like Avis, like B.B. Newworth is like, I'm seeing B.B. Newworth and I'm like, yes, yes, more, please. Uh, uh-huh. But Alice, who's played by Brittany Bradford, I'm, I wasn't familiar with the actor at all. And yet I was completely captivated by her story. Um, I was always rooting for her. Like always, always I wanted Alice to succeed. I always wanted her to get the credit. I was so happy when she started dating Isaac. And I was really happy that he moved to her, to Boston, mm-hmm. so she could continue mm-hmm. her dream. And yeah, that was I, cute. Her her relationship with her mother, I thought, was very cute. And it felt true for that time period, you know, where her mom's like, when are you going to get married? When are you going to give me grandbabies? You know, on and on and on. Very overbearing. Uh, I, I really adored Alice, so I have to tip my cap to her. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah. Uh, the next superlative I came up with uh, was, which Julia dish would you most like to eat? Of okay, all the stuff that she creates on the show. Let's see. Um, 
Mm. Yeah, pre- maybe the, the finale is lobster americana, right? Sounds yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe a fried I, chicken would be pretty good too. Yeah, the the chicken, the coco van. Uh, yeah. I think. I mean, obviously, I love an omelet. Uh, yeah. but to your point, yeah. Grace, I can I can make an omelet. You know, you can do sweetbreads. That's what you mean. You want to? No, absolutely never ever in my life would I ever have anything to do with those. Yeah, I would have a, a crepe Suzette as well. I would. I would. Have yeah, that. crepe Suzette sounds delicious. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good, uh, good meals I think she makes. Although, although I do agree that like <laughs> I live by the. I'm not. I'm not a chef. Okay, I'm not someone who I. I cook because I have to cook to eat. I'm basically I don't cook the same. because I enjoy it. Um, if I see a recipe that has like over six ingredients, uh, it's immediately like getting lower and lower on my likelihood to cook it. And I feel like I'd never, ever be able to make anything that Julia Child makes because it feels like just so much work. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we have our superlatives. Grace, did you think of a superlative uh, for, for this show? Um, hmm, I didn't really. I forgot we do this. Um, yeah. Do you have one? Yeah, I would say like, show i'd most like to watch while eating soup like it just feels like a show that needs to be watched while you're under a blanket eating soup i do think like this is a perfect time of year to watch this show it's cold outside you're not really venturing out much i i yeah that's what i said show most likely to watch while eating soup show most likely for me to realize i must visit paris (laughs) you must come to paris I you must. must. What did you think of Simka as a character? Um, I actually do like her a lot. I think it's some. She calls her. It is her sister, right? No, it's not. No, right? there's is no. They 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 call each other sisters. They're not really. Oh, okay. All right. So I I like it because I think the idea of like you ba- like her being a better cook, but actually never not better cook, but like you know doing it first, writing. A She's lot a more of traditional recipes. French cook. Yeah. Yes, and then like you know julia going and having all the success so that was interesting um love it when they win an emmy uh the, the creative yes. arts emmys uh, judith yeah. light i believe actually won an emmy uh uh last night as as we're recording this for her work on poker face but um uh when she's like what is it like it's an award it's like i've never heard of it it's like it's new it's like oh then it doesn't matter <laughs> it's like very good i love when yeah. she when simka calls her to like congratulate her and like julia is so shocked that she would call it she's like congratulations yeah. she's like for what yeah yeah it's so <laughs> uh, good. their relationship is really interesting i enjoyed the push and pull of having simka who is a very traditional french chef Versus Julia, who is trying to simplify things for the American woman to be able to create. Uh, And she like when she goes to the store, I believe in season one, and she's getting ingredients from the grocery store. And and uh, Paul is aghast that she would not get fresh herbs for the (laughs) for the meals. It's Um, very uh, topical with the TikTok. uh, But like uh, are you familiar with uh, pumpkin, pumpkin, husband, pumpkin? filling are you familiar is with this? this the thing where you send your husband to the grocery store to get something and see what he comes back with yeah so what happened was this lady sent her husband to go buy all the ingredients to make a pumpkin pie but did not put pumpkin filling and he came back and didn't buy it to prove a point that she did not put it on the list for him to buy it okay which like you know is stupid just buy it's very stupid buy it yeah who cares we have extra pumpkin filling um and then yeah a lot of people like ask her like okay if i send you out you know 
you know, to, we're going to make pasta or whatever, but I don't put pasta on the list. Like, do you, and then I, there's been some very funny ones where I've seen like, like no, I'm not going to buy pasta. And then he like pulls out all the pasta he knows that they have at home. <laughs> like, look how much pasta we have. <laughs> so, yeah. That's the, yeah, yeah. I could tell you in my household um, what would happen. I, I don't think that this is what people would ask for. But if I sent my husband to the store uh, with a list, I would get at least five phone calls asking about said mm. list or texts. Mm. It would not be a go to the store, come back with whatever he found. So no. what? What? No. What if you're unavailable? What if you can't answer the phone? What is your husband doing? Is he buying? So he need you. You're making a pumpkin pie. There's no pumpkin filling on he's it. He's not buying pumpkin filling. You know why? Because yeah. he's assuming we have it at home already. If right. it's not on the list, he's assuming we have it at home. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, that's what would happen in my household. But also, like I said, I would get a ton of phone calls and texts about the yeah. a list. And if Will's not listening to this, but if he is, he knows what I'm talking about. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um. Uh, okay. Theme song ranking. So this this one doesn't. It's it's very short and sweet, and it's uh it's like a zoom in on a cookbook for what the title is, which is also what they're making that week on uh the French Chef on um on the show. Uh, I will say, like, I like the little pitter patter do 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 do. I have I it in my music, head. A lot. I think the music is good. Yeah, music is good. I think that the actual like title card or whatever you want to call it is fairly un you know forgettable. It's not super great, but I do like the do 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 do. Um, so where are you? Where are you thinking? Uh, for for those who don't remember, we have our tier lists: unskippable, pretty good, memorable, fine, skippable, and trash. I kind of feel bad saying it's memorable, but I feel so. I, I, I attempted to put it at the bottom of pretty good, but I actually think it's probably in memorable. I would put it also in memorable, but I think yeah. I would put it above bodies in memorable, top I of the would, memorable list. I would agree. I think, yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I just like, I like the plunky, the pl plunky music. It's a perfect, like you know, set you up for what you're watching. Yeah, type song. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. visuals are good, so I. That's why I'm tempted to be like to not even like. I think it's like, it's so it you know there is the category fine, but I almost feel like fine and memorable need to be swapped. Like fine, I feel like almost implies like there's almost like nothing wrong with it. It's just not good. And then meh is like, it's so boring. But I don't know. Interesting. I think the memorable though makes puts it above fine because it's memorable, but it's kind of memorable. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. No, it does because I. I do feel like this is this is basically yeah it is fine but it's also memorable so I yeah yeah so and it's when you memorable. combine those it's memorable yeah okay fair I enough. guess I don't know yeah. whatever it that's where it lands um as for uh what is next we have uh, a show that is beloved by uh, some specifically the first couple of seasons uh well, I heard then, some people say this last season let me just make sure we're talking about this oh no never mind i'm talking about what we're doing in two weeks so. oh okay <laughs> um yeah. yeah so we're gonna cover season four of apple tv's for all mankind the science fiction drama that uh basically is like an alternative history on the space race the global space race it had never ended uh, we're now in season four. For those who are familiar with the show, they love to jump through time. So we start off with season one in the 60s. And now that we're on season four, we are in the in the aughts. We're in the early aughts. 
Um, I started it already because it has been coming out weekly. Yeah. I will say for those who maybe fell off at some point, totally understandable because it got really bad. Uh, I will say I think season, yeah, Grace raising her hand, um, which you can see if you watch us on YouTube, Pusher Recaps, find us. Um, mm -hmm. I do think I am now five episodes in, I think, to the newest season. I, I will say, I think it's better than season three. It's clearly better than season three. So if you fell off and you really dislike season three, I feel like it's 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 better. Um, I still have qualms with it, which we'll talk about next week. But if you want to check out that show, Apple TV Plus is where you can find it. Grace, what was the last uh, season you saw of For All Mankind? This, so this is I stopped at season two because I hated the storyline at the end of season. There's one storyline. There's one thing that I think a lot of people are like, why are we doing is this? Is it a specific relationship? Yeah. Yeah. And it was in season yeah. one. And then it, and then it's and then everyone's like, don't do that. And then they were like, hmm, what, we're what doubling if we did, down. What if we do more of it in season two <laughs> and like stop. I really love Joel Kinnaman um, to the point where like I recently went and watched uh, uh, in December. I watched Silent Night, which is a movie where he he can't speak. And so and then he's like getting revenge <laughs> uh -huh. uh, on like a uh, drug cartel people but he can't speak so it's silent night and like the night that he, the thing happened the bad thing happened he's like in a christmas sweater um it's a really fun idea it's it's kind of the action is really good but the story is really bad but like he's good so it's like i like joel kinnaman a lot so i'm excited to and jody balfour as well who was in the last season of ted lasso so mm -hmm. i'm i am intrigued to check it out but nerve-wracking to hear that uh, i do have to watch season three before i watch season four so it's tough. I will say for those of you, what I ended up doing because I had, I was caught up. I had watched the first three seasons before this one dropped. I found a YouTube video that quickly just recapped everything that happened in the first three seasons, because it's tough when you jump through time uh, to know like, okay, who's even still alive? Who are we still watching right. on the show? Because they I do have consistent characters, but they add in new characters every season. Right. Um, and one of, one of my faves, uh, I, will, I won't say who it is for those who haven't watched at all uh, any of the show, but one of my faves is no longer on the show, and it's pretty <sighs> devastating. In general. Oh, I did have a very, an extremely favorite person from the other seasons, and I hope that she's still on the show, and I bet she's not. So, Do you want to say who your favorite person was from the early seasons? I won't reveal. Molly Cobb! There you go. Uh, yeah. Penny, not Penny's boat. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Um, that's what we're covering next week. So join us if you can. We're really yeah. excited to chat about some space stuff. Cause unlike Dr. Amanda, we love space. Yeah, Dr. Amanda hopefully listens, but won't be happy about it. No, she won't be happy, but we love you, Dr. Amanda. If you there, there actually is a, a big, uh, a space movie coming out called ISS international space station, which I believe is like Americans and Russian fighting in the, in the international space station. It comes out, I think in a couple weeks. So yeah. Space stuff is big. I mean, because well, space, space is so big, big. <laughs> yeah <laughs> the final frontier yeah. Yeah. yeah um so don't forget to subscribe at posherrecaps.com slash full spoiler recaps or posherrecaps.com slash subscribe if you want to see everything we have going on uh we absolutely appreciate any uh if you want to subscribe give us ratings reviews we mm -hmm. totally appreciate it if you want to be a patron at posherrecaps.com slash patreon feel free to do so you get some ad-free podcasts you get access to our uh, patron-only discord which is a ton of a really fun place to be where we chat about TV and just pretty much anything, everything. Um, and oh my gosh, Grace, we haven't wait before we end because you know we have to do our end little end mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Um, we I have to we have to try to give our best bon appetit, okay. uh, a la Julia, because I feel like we did the like hello, which is definitely mm -hmm. a Mrs. Doubtfire thing. It's not, it's not Julia. Bon appetit. Yeah. Oh, hello. Yeah, oh, bon appetit. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so good. Um, but yeah, until uh, until next time, Grace, where can people find you and what do you have going on? Yeah, so I'm on social media at Hi From Grace. Currently, uh, we're almost done with Fargo, which has been a tremendous season of television. Also, The Curse, which Dr. Amanda and I seem to be the only people in the world who like, but we do love it. Um, <laughs> movies each week with Ariel, we covered. Hmm, I don't remember. Ferrari, and then we're going to cover something next week uh, maybe the iron claw i'm not entirely sure mm -hmm. and then um i would highly encourage you if you're a fan of uh some of the folks here at Bushers, as well as rob is a podcast uh i helped produce a version of uh the traders rhap with uh the wonderful sam moore uh rob sesternino hosted um it was a lovely fantastic amazing day of getting to like basically put together a season of reality tv over the span of like five and a half hours um it was so fun you can go watch the full replay on youtube and actually um although there was like some people like getting to chat privately we've set it up so the youtube should be just like fully able for you to watch um almost the whole day um uh, you might miss a conversation here or there but you can mostly watch that it was a huge success we were trending number two on twitter in the united states of america and uh yeah had lots of people watching so uh it's so fun it's so good i'm extremely proud of it so go watch that over on the rob is a podcast youtube channel and um yeah that's that's what i got going on just uh, you can hear me on full spoiler recaps here on Pusher Recaps, as well as starting True Detective season four, Night Country. That's oh, coming yeah, up very shortly. <laughs> yeah, Grace is doing a lot of podcasts. Uh, so check yeah. her out on, on yeah. Talking True Detective as well. Um, and uh, you can also find me over on uh, Shit 90 Shows Taught Me, where we're covering Felicity. And we're starting Buffy the Vampire Slayer this week. I'm really excited about it. I've never seen it. I know almost nothing beyond there's a woman who slays vampires. And eventually there's a guy called Angel. Wheeler. And he gets a spinoff. And that's all I know. <laughs> I know. Buffy slaying vampires? Who knew? Uh, so go check that out. I'm really excited to get that project started. And uh, yeah, beyond that, you can find me at Just Sterling. Uh, thank you all for listening. And until next time, you've been fully spoiled. And you've been fully bon appetit. <laughs> 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 <laughs>